please, you are muted. Amen. I was just smiling within me. Because anytime I say it's going to be a short one, God will show me that you don't know me. <laughs> you don't. It, it never become. So I try, I try not to implicate myself by saying that, but I'm thinking it. So when I think it's rather, it becomes a short sermon. Amen. So it's better I don't say it. Amen. Whenever I say it's going to be a short one, I don't know. It never becomes a short one. So I've been saying, Lord, let it be a short one. Amen. Anyway, good morning, church. I trust you've all had a good weekend. Um, I was excited when we experienced the weekend because I was very much in a hurry for us to get there because of the workload <laughs> that I had to take between weekdays. Amen. But we are glad we 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 uh, we uh, we've had a good weekend. Even if you didn't have a good weekend, the fact that you are here is a statement. I want to believe so. Amen. Let's pray and get right into it then. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for an opportunity to minister your word to your people. Articulate my thoughts, O oh Lord. Uh, give me a speech. Give me the speech of the learned Lord because I am unlearned. Holy Spirit, breathe through our reading for this morning and give us a fresh word from your throne. May this word be your perspective, not Ophoria baby's thoughts. May your word minister to us. And with childlike faith, we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, First Samuel chapter 7. First Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 to 15. A bit long, but we should read it. Amen. It's good to read the Bible. And then long, but we should read it. We'll be blessed. One day someone said, one day someone said, so pastor, when you don't have a message, what will you do? So even just reading the word of God, it's just a blessing. If I don't have a sermon, we'll just pick a scripture. Just read. Just read. That one alone is a blessing. Amen. So let's read. Then the man of Kayaf Jerim, came and took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eleazar as a son to keep the ark of the Lord. So it was that the ark remained in Kayaf Jerim a long time. It was there 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the foreign gods 
and the Ashtoreths from among you. And prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve him only. He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the bows or bills, as some people will pronounce it, and the Ashtoreths. And they worshipped the Lord or served the Lord only. So look at the word only. They served the Lord only Five, and Samuel said, "Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you." So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and they fasted that day and said, "There we have sinned against the Lord." And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. Now, when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. So the children said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord your God for us that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. Verse 9. And Samuel took a suckling lamp, offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. May the Lord answer your prayers as you pray. 10. Now, as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, drove them back as far as below Bethkar, then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. 13. So the Philistines were subdued and they did not come anymore, anymore into the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Then the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel, from Ekron to Gath. And Israel recovered its territory from the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Verse 15, and Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. I told you, even when you read the scriptures, it just blesses you. Amen. 
Verse 12 is my emphasis. Samuel took a stone, set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Based on our reading for today, I'm preaching on what I've entitled Ebenezer. Ebenezer. And the meaning of the word Ebenezer is that the Lord has helped us. Amen. I pray that may you experience Ebenezer as we are coming to the end of the year. When we stand at the precipice of a new year, looking back at 2023, it's my prayer this morning that you will say Ebenezer. And when you say Ebenezer, you will say the Lord has helped me. I don't know what sort of entanglement you are involved in. I don't know what overwhelming situation you find yourself in. Maybe this month of November, you you are just looking at it and you are almost resigning and saying, things are too tough. I I don't seem to make my way through. But hear the word of the Lord this morning. I believe today is not really a sermon. It's a message. God just wants to drum a message to you. Ebenezer, the Lord is helping you at this very present moment. But you will come to understand God's divine assistance and God's divine aid when we enter or we reach the end of this year, entering into another year. And I pray that each and everyone listening to me, may we have a song in our mouth May we have a testimony declaring of the Lord's aid and divine assistance. We will say Ebenezer. Why will we say Ebenezer? Because the Lord has helped us. You will end this year 2023 with Ebenezer. That is the word of the Lord. I said you will end 2023 with the word Ebenezer. That is the word of the Lord. Maybe you were expecting the second half of the year to be better than the first half. Perhaps your hopes may have been dashed. Uh, You may have felt disappointed. You may feel like, oh, the second half is even more turbulent. It's tougher than the first half of 2023. I am overwhelmed. I've come to a place where let me just give up and look forward to 2024, I hereby declare to you, Ebenezer, you will stand, God willing, 31st December, alive, kicking, well, and you will look back at the year and you will say, Ebenezer, because the Lord has indeed helped me. And let me tell you, as we are speaking right now, he is helping, but his helping will be made Claire, his helping will make more sense when we come to the end. Amen. So don't give up. Now, our story begins with the ark of the Lord taken to Kayaf Jerim. You will not understand 
chapter that seven very well until you've read the preceding chapters. If you read the preceding chapters, God pronounced judgment on Israel because of sinning. Um, sin will always bring you into captivity. When we entertain sin, it will bring us into captivity. As Christians, we should come to a place where we should have a zero tolerance for sin. Don't let postmodernism fool you and, and sort of let you water down the standards of God. Sin is still sin. Have a zero tolerance for sin. Uh, one of the saddest, very unfortunate uh, episodes I'm witnessing in Christianity is the lowering down of standards. You know, we, we tend to now have a blind eye towards things that maybe generations ago we wouldn't have. And we, we always want to use the Bible to support our backsliding state and our apathy in the things of God. Sin is still sin. Uh, don't let down your guard. Have a zero tolerance. For, for these people, the Israelites, who God said you are a royal priest to the holy nation, uh, they sinned. They entertained other gods. They entertained other gods. And, and for that reason, God judged them. He sent judgment on them by Philistines coming to them, suppressing them, and putting them under captivity. And during those times too, when you fight a battle and when you lose, you are impoverished. Your cities are taken, your harvests are taken, even to a point that your women and kids are taken to be in subservience towards your captors. I mean, you are stripped there and you are barely nothing. You've come to a place of barely nothing. So if you read chapter 6, you will see the Philistines actually defeating the Israelites and taking all their cities and, and, and making them as slaves. But one of the things that the Philistines did, which kind of shocked me, was that they didn't keep the Ark of the Covenant. They rather called Judah. If you do remember, Judah and Israel were separated. Judah and Israel became one under the reign of David. Right? They were separated. Now, Kerav Jerim, if you do remember, when Joshua um, conquered and when he received the promised land and when he was distributing the lands, one of the lands he distributed was Kerav Jerim. All right, so Kerav Jerim belonged to the children of Israelites when he, he was given the, the lands. So Kerav Jerim, they were neighbors of Israel, if I should say so, because it was Judah. But when the Philistines de um, defeated the Israelites, they didn't keep the Ark of the Covenant. I find that funny. They rather called Judah, come and take the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> and, you know, I was thinking about two things that could it be that the Philistines, they didn't see the need for this box because the Ark of the Covenant was just a box, right? It was a box with 
tokens of what meant something to the Israelites, um, the commandments, uh, Aaron's rod that bothered, and then um, it's three things that are in the act, manna, three things. So Aaron's rod that bothered, the, 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 the Ten Commandments, and then manna. So perhaps these Philistines like, what is this? There's a common box, you know, with um, these tokens, what do they mean? What is mana in there? You know, the meaning of mana means what is this? What is this? That's mana. When you say mana, it means what is, what is this? I know what is this? What are these tokens? You know, so they call Judea, come, come for the ark. Let's come for it and take it away from her. We don't even need it. Or secondly, could it also be that they knew of the ark of the covenant? but they saw themselves as unworthy people to keep the Ark of the Covenant because they knew that they were sinful and wicked. So it could be any of the two. You see, the reason for why they called um, Judah or Kerioth Jerim to come for the Ark, that is not known. It's not known. But I find it amazing that when you are defeated, and when your captors bring you into captivity, everything that they have, it belongs to them. But for some reason, the Ark of the Covenant, they didn't keep it. And the Ark of the Covenant to the Israelites, it symbolized the presence of the Lord. That had to be made. It's a token that signified that my presence is going to be with you at all times. That's why you need these three things. You need the Ark of the Covenant to remind you that always let the word of the Lord be on the tables of your hearts. You need manna to let you know that I, the Lord, who has sustained and provided for you, will continue to be your source of provision until you've come out of the wilderness into the promised land. Aaron's rod that bothered. It needed, it needed to be there to prove a point that I, the Lord, I had called Aaron. Because at a point, these people were confused about the authenticity of Aaron's office. And, and, and for the Lord to put their doubting minds to rest, he caused a rod to bat. And that's a whole story about that I don't want to get into. But it showed that I, the Lord, I put Aaron in charge. So if you touch the priesthood of Aaron, in a sense, you are also touching me. I, I, the Lord, I am in charge. I have established this ordinance. So all these things were there to remind them. But most importantly, the Ark of the Covenant signified the presence of the Lord. And the presence of the Lord was taken away from the Israelites. Things went downhill from that. The Bible lets us know that their downward spiral was 20 years. For 20 years, they didn't have the Ark of the Covenant, which signified the presence of the Lord. For 20 years, they were under the captivity of the Philistines. For 20 years, they had no cities. For 20 years, they must have been impoverished. For 20 years, they had the status of slaves upon themselves. 
the Bible study teacher was talking about slave. And if you heard him correctly, the context in which he used the word slave is different from this slave we are talking about. When he's talking about we should be slaves, he's talking about we should be slaves of Christ. But these people were not slaves of Christ due to the captivity that had been fallen them by the Philistines. They were rather slaves to Philistines as a result of being slave to sin. So I pray that may we experience true freedom from sin. Because when we become slaves to sin, we will become slaves of our enemy, of our souls, who is the devil. Amen. So these Israelites, like I said earlier on, it was because of sin. Sin had brought a reproach that brought a black mark upon them. And thank God for a bold man of God called Samuel. Samuel was uncompromising and very bold and spoke the truth to them. And we pray that may we be bold and uncompromising in these last days that we are in that we can call it what it is. Whatever that it is, that is what we will call it. Are you understanding me? May, may we be bold and compromising to call it what it is. And what that it is, that is what we will call it. And in the case of the Israelites, it was sin. They had Baal, they had Ashtoreth. All these were statutes that they had created did I say statutes? Statue. There's a difference between statue and statutes. Statutes is ordinance, commandments, statues, and uh, wooden They had statues. They had made statues of other gods, you know, and they were worshiping them. And the Israelites who God had earmarked and chosen for himself wanted them to come to a place where they would solely worship him, solely rely upon him. And they couldn't meet that promise. They couldn't meet that condition. So as a result of that, they, they were forced to go into captivity. And if you read Deuteronomy chapter 28, it's 68 verses. The 68 verses, it talks to us about if you obey the law, the blessings that will happen to you. If you disobey the law, the curses that will happen to you. And if you read the Deuteronomy chapter 28, I think verses 1 to 14, it enumerates to us the blessings of following the law. And then from verses 15 to 60, it talks to us about the curse of the law. And among the curses listed, the most prominent mention out of them is forced servitude. And forced servitude means that a nation will capture you will make you their subjects and will put you under bondage. So these Israelites, the curse of the law was in effect because they were worshipping other gods. And thank God for a prophet who was bold to point out the error of their ways. Amen. So we thank God for bold and uncompromising messengers of God who will call it what it is. In the case of the Israelites, it was idol worship. They had taken specifically Baal and Ashtoreth, and they had made these their gods. And that is why such catastrophe had befallen upon them. 
um, it could be possible that your year is going the way it may be going because maybe sin has leaked into the camp. And until you come to a place of an uncompromising zero tolerance for sin, things will continue to go peer sheep and the way they are going. So I pray that may we have some godly conviction, some godly repentance this morning. If truly we are towing the way of the Lord and things are still peer sheep, keep on keeping on. Because sometimes when you tow the line, you tow the way of the Lord, things can go peer sheep and that's okay. You might not necessarily need to make a course adjustment. You might just need to keep on keeping on and keep maintaining your focus and watch God bring you through the end of the journey for his glory. But at times, your, 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 your things, directions, plans could go peer-ship because sin is in the picture. Sin is in the camp. And for that to happen, you and I will have to come to a place of godly repentance. Now, when we read the scriptures carefully, from verse 4. When the Israelites heard the word of Samuel, they didn't cancel him. They didn't apply cancel culture. It's very unfortunate that today we don't want to hear that. We've become so intolerant. I have never seen a generation that preaches tolerance, love, and acceptance than this generation. Are you aware of that? We preach tolerance, tolerate other people's views, religious views, political views, tolerate other people's sexuality, affirm them and love them, irrespective, heterosexual, homosexual, trans, whatever, love and tolerate them. Accept other people's views. That we live in a generation where we preach love and tolerance so much, yet we are master hypocrites of this same message we preach. We are so intolerant. In fact, it is in the era of preaching love and tolerance that cancel culture thrives and exists. We will say tolerate love accept views, accept people's sexuality, accept people's point of view, accept people's political ideologies, accept people's social ideologies, accept love. Yet, we are the first people to press the button of cancel culture when views are divergent. And when someone preached the word to them that it is because of sin, sin is in the camp, that is why the Philistines came for you. Sin is in the camp. That is why you've lost your cities. Sin is in the camp. You are serving other idols. Baal and Ashtoreth. Someone was not thinking about his pay pockets or pay packets. He wasn't thinking about his check. You know, sometimes certain people are afraid to preach the word of God because it is through the benevolence of members that you receive your check. 
And if the message is not favorable, it could affect your livelihood. Someone didn't care about that. He told them the gospel truth. It is because of sin. I'm not going to tell you this, the will of the Lord is a mystery. It's not a mystery. In your case, it is as clear as day, as plain as light. Sin is in the camp. If you really want to move out of captivity and out of slavery, get rid of other gods. So the Israelites had this message. And the Bible lets us know that they put away their gods. We have to come to a place of repentance. And when I'm talking about repentance, I'm not talking about crying. Repentance simply means change your mind. You have to come to a place of changing your mind. And the evidence of a changed mind, it shows in your action. So the Israelites put away their gods. They did another thing. Samuel said, let's go to Mespah. Let's go to Mespah. And what is the meaning of the word Mespah? Mespah literally means a watchtower. And the genesis of Mespah, the, 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 the way that word came about, was a meeting between Laban and Jacob. When Jacob wanted to leave Laban, you know, uh, uh, he, because Jacob had impressed upon Laban that he wanted to go. And the Bible says that Laban did not want Jacob to go because Laban realized it is because of the presence of Jacob that is why my house is blessed. So he really held on tight to Jacob and also maltreated him, did him harm. And on top of that, Laban's sons were also accusing Jacob of being a thief. That Jacob was not a thief. In fact, when Jacob was working with Laban, he, he reformed his ways. He was, he was not really a thief. <laughs> but I don't know why he had that reputation. That they, they accused him that he had stolen things. That is why he had become wealthy. And that is why he had become... But truth of the matter is that Jacob had things, had possessions, even though he was in a place of servitude, because of covenants, because he was with God, because of the covenant he made with God at Bethel. God, God had his prayer and God honored his request. So it, it, didn't, it didn't matter which circumstance Jacob found himself. He was still blessed. But if you read your scriptures carefully, in Genesis chapter 31, the Bible lets us know that it came to a place that Laban agreed that they should separate and they should go their way. And if you read verse 49 of chapter 31, the Bible lets us know that when Jacob was departing, the parting words of Laban to Jacob was, as you become absent in my presence, treat my daughters well. That's what I need from you. Because Jacob had married Leah and Rachel. Those were Laban's daughters. Treat them well. Don't take other women. Treat my daughters well. Because if you treat my daughters evil, may the Lord watch over us. 
May the Lord keep watch between us in my absence. And that was how the place was called Mispa. So this place that they came to, it was a very historic moment. It was a meeting of Laban and Jacob who were parting. And, and Laban says that, in my absence, may the Lord keep watch in, in case you do evil against my daughters by taking another woman. And this place too was a hill. It was a tower. So Mespa actually meant a watchtower. And especially in the Old Testament, when it comes to the prophetic books, that's from Isaiah to Malachi, any place that you see watchtower, it stands for a place of intercession and prayer. So these people did not just repent and threw away their gods. They went to a place of intercession and prayer. And what did they do at Mispah? It is outlined in what they did at Mispah. If you read verse 5. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mispah, and I'll pray to the Lord for you. So Mispah was a place of intercession. It's a watchtower. Samuel prayed. He interceded on their behalf. And then the people responded in fasting. You know, the, the evidence of repentance was shown outwardly. They fasted. And in the Old Testament, fasting means you wore sackcloths and put ashes upon your head. And it was a time of mourning. So these people truly had come to a place of genuine repentance where they were, they were sorry for following after other gods and not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Bible lets us know that the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered in Mizpah. But what these Philistines didn't know was that it was a strong tower. You see, wherever you pray, you make that place your strong tower. And when that place is your strong tower, it doesn't matter how fortified the enemy is. If he comes, he will be defeated. So today, go to your mispa. Go to your mispa. Your mispa is your watchtower. Your mispa is your strong place. The Philistines made a mistake going there. It's not everywhere that an enemy should pursue you. It's not everywhere. The enemy can pursue you in maybe Kayaf, Jerem. The enemy can pursue you. But your place where it is your secret place, your place that is your hiding place, that's between you and God, your enemy should not come there. Because if your enemy come there, your enemy will be disgraced. They decided to come there. And when they came there, and when the Israelites heard that the Philistines were coming there, they were so afraid of these people. Can you imagine? And they told someone, 
Please cease not to cry out to the Lord God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. You know, when I read this, I, I, I see a picture of fear and trepidation here. These people were so afraid. They were very afraid. They had PTSD. Thank God there was no counselor those days. Let me tell you, I believe in counseling. I'm not, I'm, I believe in counseling. I don't downplay counseling. But there are certain things which is PTSD. It's not counseled. It is prayed out. There's a PTSD situation. Which counselor would have been able to deal with this situation? There's a PTSD. Immediately they heard the name of the Philistines. They had PTSD. This is it. But this PTSD, you don't sit in the counselor's couch or you lie in the counselor's couch and then you talk. No, this is not one of those things you cancel. And I believe in counseling. But this is a situation you pray yourself out of it. So not all PTSD can be canceled. So don't be going to the council and then they will just be spending your money for nothing. And you still have symptoms of PTSD. This PTSD was solved by prayer and fasting. They prayed and fasted. And when they prayed and fasted, and, 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 and as they pleaded for the Lord through the medium of Samuel, the Bible lets us know that Samuel took a lamp and sacrificed it as burnt offering. You know, in the Old Testament, there are about five major types of offerings. And all the offerings have significances. One of the five is burnt offering. You know, the burnt offering, it meant that you burnt the whole offering. That's why it's called the burnt offering. Because most offerings, you take your time to take out the fats, the entrails of the of the lamp and everything, set that aside, you know, and then there are certain portions that you sacrifice to the Lord. But when it comes to the burnt offering, you don't do that. You burn the whole thing on the altar. And that to me signifies sacrifice. It signifies to me sacrifice. So in this scripture, someone was sacrificing to the Lord, letting them know they have given their all. They've given up their gods. They've given up their Ashtoreths. They have repented. They have come to a place of fasting. They've given up their all. Sacrifice. It's a, it's a statement of sacrifice. And, and, and when someone sacrificed to the Lord in the form of burnt offering, the Bible lets us know that the Lord answered. And how did the Lord answer? The Bible lets us know that he thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that the enemies became confused. And the Bible lets us know that the people now came out of Mespa. Mespa was their watchtower. It was also their stronghold. And what made it their stronghold? Because it was a place of communication with God. Your place of communication with God is your watchtower. Your place of communication of God also is your stronghold because it is there that you receive empowerment to face challenges. And the Bible lets us know that these people now, 
they didn't have PTSD syndrome or, or, it, it, or they, they didn't rehearse uh, uh, the harrowing experience, but they rather left their watchtower, which was their stronghold. They came out of the place and they pursued the Philistines. These people were the victims, but now they are becoming the victors because they spent time in the presence of the Lord. And the Bible lets us know that they defeated the Philistines. They defeated the Philistines. And not just that, they subdued the Philistines that they will not come into the territory anymore. And not just that, they also took the cities that the Philistines had taken from them. From Ekron to Gath, they recovered their lands. They experienced divine restoration. But one thing that ministered to me was out of that act, the Bible lets us know that someone took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and the, near, near, the, the neighboring city Shen, and he called that place Ebenezer. Because after someone had prayed, someone had confirmation that the Lord will help us. The Lord will help us out of slavery. The Lord will help us out of captivity. The Lord will help us out of death. The Lord will help us to experience restoration of all our cities back. The Lord will help us. The Lord has helped us. Therefore, I want you to have this same assurance, this same faith that no matter the situation you find yourself in, the Lord will help you. Not the Lord will help you. In fact, say the Lord has helped us. Because before someone said the Lord has helped us, there was no outward manifestation of the Israelites defeating the Philistines. But he became so sure of the help of the Lord that he called the place Ebenezer. And the Bible said that the Israelites left Mizpah that had now become their strong tower, that had now become their refuge. They moved out of that place and they smite the Philistines and they got what they deserve. And then on top of that, they also experience peace. They experience peace. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Ebenezer. The Lord will help us. Just as the Lord helped Israel to gain footing again, just as the Lord helped Israel to gain grounds again, May the Lord help you in the remaining months of November. In, 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 in the remaining weeks of November, I'm sure, I'm sorry. In the remaining weeks of November and in the last month of December. May the Lord help you. May the Lord send you divine assistance. May the Lord send you divine help. The Lord will help you. It doesn't matter how bleak the story may look. It doesn't matter how hopeless the, the situation will look. The Lord will help. The Lord will send help. The Lord will send divine aid and assistance. That at the end of 2023, you and I will say, Ebenezer. And when we say Ebenezer, it's not a mystery anymore. We are saying Ebenezer because we are saying the Lord has helped us. May you experience peace in that stubborn situation. When Ebenezer comes in, when the Lord helps, 
there is peace. The Bible lets us know that the Israelites experienced peace. There was peace between Israel and the Amorites. If you read your Bible very carefully, peace doesn't exist between Israel and Amorites. They were fierce enemies. This peace happened because it was supernatural. It's just like we wake up one day and we hear there is peace between Israel and Gaza. That would be a strange phenomenon. The only event I can compare with Israel and the Amorites' hostility is what is playing out now between Israel and Palestine fighting over Gaza. That's a similar situation. But the Bible says that when the Lord helped, there was peace. May you experience supernatural peace where there are no avenues of peace. You will experience peace there because the Lord will send help. I told you, it's 11.28. I have to close. Because when I say it's going to be a short one, <laughs> it never, it never, it never. But let me end, let me end. Because we are just about to finish service. Let me end. The Lord will send help. Believe that the Lord will send help. Let this be your rhema word. Let this be your prophetic word. Receive this word with a heart of faith. The Lord will help you. The Lord has helped you. We will say, Ebenezer, from today, let that be one of your words in your vocabulary. Ebenezer. And when you say Ebenezer, it means the Lord has helped us. The Lord, the Lord will help us. He has helped us. We will come out victorious. We will come out more than conquerors. We will come out winning. We will come out on the other side of victory. We will come out laughing. We will come out. We will come out with restoration because the Lord has indeed helped us. Fulfill the criteria for you to experience the Lord's help. If there is any repentance, repent. Please spend more time at your place of watchtower. Mispa. It is also your place of refuge because it is there that you will receive empowerment to subdue that which has subdued you. Father, we have received your word. We will say Ebenezer. We will say Ebenezer. Thank you that this is one word that we will say on December 31st. Thank you that you will give us life. You will give us strength to see December 31st. And we will utter that one word to you. Ebenezer, the Lord has helped us. Thank you for help, O oh Lord. We receive this prophetic word in Jesus' name. Amen. It's offering time.